Hey everyone, welcome to our fourth Artist Spotlight episode. Today we sat down with Jesse Oliver of the upcoming horror series She Sees Beyond. So, enjoy. So, starting out, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and like how you got into filmmaking? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I've been I have been filmmaking um like making films with cameras and stuff since I was about five years old. My mom taught me how, what stop motion was when I watched King Kong when I was five. So after that, I would I would just use little uh, toy dinosaurs and stuff and make films. But it wasn't until probably high school that I started actually um, learning about what filmmaking was outside of the technical side of it. Okay. And... You know, I went to film school after high school, and then I kind of took a break from um, pursuing filmmaking professionally for a few years to get my bachelor's degree. And now I've been working as an editor and working on this project for the last three years or so. But I've been writing screenplays as well. This is probably my eighth, um, you could consider it a feature-length screenplay. Okay, and when you say this, um, you're talking about She Sees yeah. Beyond, the upcoming right. series you're yeah. working on. Okay, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I'll, I'll give you a brief little uh, snippet at the beginning here. It's um, it's an eight-part series uh, that's based on my love of 80s horror films and also Twilight Zone, Twin Peaks. It's very kind of inspired by David Lynch <laughs> and X-Files. X-Files, which was filmed here in Vancouver, so growing up, that was really cool to see like places you'd recognize on television and that kind of was one of my first inklings that like you know films didn't just appear they were kind of made mm-hmm. and so that kind of yeah so it's x-files meets twin peaks kind of meets david lynch awesome that yeah. sounds right up my alley <laughs> yeah. and uh, king lots of stephen king in there too awesome and you stephen uh king. you you mentioned a lot in your uh because you guys are crowdfunding to try and yeah. get in the, the- middle of our- crowdfunding indiegogo campaign that's right yeah right um you you mentioned a lot that you really dive into like the nostalgic aesthetic for the film or the series yeah that's right um yeah nostalgia is in vogue right now a lot of everything i feel like a lot of music is using 80s kind of 80s beats and 80s synths and stuff like that a lot of even mainstream television shows too that come to mind are that show the Goldbergs, which is set in the '80s, and it all seems to be all about kind of surface level nostalgia. Plus, you know, Stranger Things on Netflix is obviously very '80s horror related. So, yeah, I was very interested. Besides, when I wrote this story, it didn't have a theme or a vibe in mind. I just had like a horror mystery. But the more I myself kind of got into this nostalgia vortex, and at first I was really drawn to having it look like a looked just purely like an 80s horror but the more i kind of thought about it the more i went into it i kind of saw that it kind of stops at the surface a lot and um so i started kind of exploring what it means to want something today to look like the 80s and want to have the past be today so i kind of incorporated that into the story a little bit because there's the story takes place in present day but it's about a detective who's looking into present day murders but he gets sidetracked by murders that happened in the 80s and he's convinced that it's the same today and it ends up making him go on this weird paranoid track that sounds awesome that that sounds (laughs) extremely interesting um now besides this what other projects have you worked on in the past or or is this like your first big 
project that you've really been focused on? Yeah, this is the big thing that anyone would know. Um, <laughs> yeah, mostly just um, yeah, mostly just a lot of short films, but nothing nothing big ever came of them, and a lot of um, sketches on the internet and stuff like that. But this is, uh, and again, like I said, I've, I've written a lot of screenplays. That was more where I was, and those are polished. But in terms of filmmaking, there was nothing as polished as what I'm hoping to do with this. Awesome. And um, it, from following you guys just on your social media accounts and um, through the crowdfunding and stuff, everybody that's involved in making the series with you all seem very like dedicated and act, like very excited to see this project happen. And I think yeah. that that's really cool. Yeah. Well, over the this started three years ago, so I think that that there's two things that can kind of answer for that. The first thing is that everyone who wasn't interested has kind of dropped off over the three years. It's kind of left that core group, but also because I think, yeah, I'm just taking it so seriously, and we're all taking it so seriously that it's kind of we want to work with people who will take it seriously, but we understand that the work-life balance is tough for independent filmmakers. So we we're all very, tra- there's a lot of transparency in the filmmaking process of this. And it's, it's less of the, you know, the hierarchical, like, Oh, I'm the creator. So you have to do it my way. I'm really working with the actors and the crew to kind of see what they want to do, what they're able to do, how we're able to film it. Because our number one thing is for this to be done as well as it can be, as opposed to just like gestating forever because it can't be done my way. That's good. I think it's important too. And I think it will, the end result will be very interesting because you will be having a lot of multiple inputs on what everybody wants to see from the project. And uh, going back to hitting on nostalgia, I mean, everybody has a different thing that pulls them into that like aesthetic. So having a blend of everybody's nostalgia, it's just going to turn out to be an interesting project, I think. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. If it was just what I think the 80s are like, I wasn't even really, I was an infant in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what they're like. But I guess that is part of the nostalgia factor. It's what people think they were like more than what they really were. Right. I feel yeah. like everybody thinks they were an 80s kid at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody loves the 80s at some point in their life to go through that. Yeah, yeah I think that, I think it's a rite of passage we need in North America. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Now, um, as far as I know, you mentioned like Twin Peaks, X Files, Twilight Zone as uh, like the main inspirations, but you are like going about this as a horror project. What are some of the horror, like horror films or horror? What are your horror inspirations? Yeah, horror inspirations yeah, that you had. Okay, um, I guess there are two veins I can go down for that. Uh, I'll I'll talk about my more recent inspirations. My more recent ones are these whole is the whole 80s canon. It's a lot of Wes Craven, a lot of John Carpenter, uh, a lot of Cronenberg, things like that. Um, shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, plus, you know, um, and uh, and that's mostly based on, again, I really like the aesthetic. I really like the vibe. I think it's really creepy, really, uh, really scary. And, and that's what is... And, and like I said, I, I had the script written before I had a vibe in mind. So it's now really easy to kind of incorporate these kind of John Carpenter craven elements into the story. So that's what I've been watching a lot of lately to kind of really get the get the tempo, get the pacing of what makes a Carpenter film a Carpenter film. The other um, 
the other one, I really like The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, those kind of religious-themed late 60s, early 70s films. Favorite era for the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. The thing I like about, well, if we take The Exorcist as an example, is that it's not even, while it's very scary, it's not even just a straight horror film. It's more like a drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree surrounding these kind of scary events because i think one of the dangers of not just making a horror film but making any kind of film if you're saying i'm going to make a comedy or i'm going to make a thriller or a horror film is that you just focus on how to scare the audience and more than just losing sight of having a good story underneath it it's just that it becomes you know it kind of becomes cheap and it kind of becomes all about trying to perform a certain thing and I've just found over time that trying to scare someone isn't really going to scare someone. It's almost like the psychological trick where someone says, like, don't think of a rocket ship. And then you're thinking of a rocket ship. (laughs) Oh, it's like, it's like, be scared. And it's like, well, not scared. It's like, I definitely understand that. Yeah. So I think something like The Exorcist is the horror sneaks up on you before you even realize what the hell's happening, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. Sure. So I'm sure with like jumping into this big project, and I know you said that you've been, it's been something that's been in development for a while. Um, was there any hesitation to like do it, or was it like as soon as you came up with the thought, like I want to make this series, were you just like instantly like, okay, I'm gonna do it? For me, filmmaking is kind of like what I think for some people working out is. It's kind of in the back of your mind. Oh, I should do it. You know, <laughs> like I should really start going to the gym. Uh, for me, like. <laughs> I've always been like, oh, I should really make make a movie or like make a film at some point. Like I went to film school and got my BA. I'm not making a film, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, my life was just getting, you know, not in a bad way or anything, but more and more busy, more and more complex. And I had this script, which was, uh, which was actually based on a screenplay that I'd written six or seven years ago. I oh, turned wow. it into an eight-part series three years ago. And I just... One day I just noticed that my life was getting so complex and it was so hard. I think it was because I was filming something on a weekend or something. I noticed how hard it was to organize it. I thought, I don't think there's really going to be a time in my life, maybe till I'm like in my 60s or something like that, where my life gets less busy. So I just have to, I just have to do it. And I didn't give myself a deadline per se, but I just said, you know, I'm just going to keep going at it and until this thing's made. I do kind of applaud you for it also because... I, a lot of like independent filmmakers, you see them going for like, I'm gonna make a short film. I'm gonna make like a feature length. Like I feel like you're really going all out. It's very ambitious to make. Yeah, very ambitious yeah. to make this like a full series. And I do appreciate that because, as much as I love horror films and horror shorts, like there's nothing like a good series to draw you in to like stick with it. Oh yeah, so, I, I love I love series, especially mini series. Yeah, like you know you yeah. kind of. You get to, to watch it develop, and it develops fairly quickly compared to, like, a drawn-out TV series. And I just, I love that. No, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is ambitious, and um, that's probably the main thing that I've heard is, like, oh, that's kind of ambitious. But... <laughs> I mean I, it in a great yeah, way. Yeah, I mean it in yeah. every great way you oh, yeah. possibly oh, yeah. mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also have no desire, really, to make a horror short, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, it, it might just be the way that my own mind works, but like when I think of a jump scare scene or something, I write an entire episode around it. Like, I I'm not content just to like get that little quick little 
yeah. out and release that. I want to... I want it to mean something. I want it to have some kind of a payoff. So that's why, uh, yeah, I just see. Yeah. I like I like that because I I like having the detail. I like having the backstory, yeah. and I feel like that's something that modern horror doesn't really put as much of a focus on as say like the '80s or the '70s did with horror. Like you yeah. really have to develop the story to have me invested, rather than just have me jump every once in a while. You know, right. yeah, to even have you care. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a character person. Like, I want to like the characters before they get killed off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Now, without giving away too much of the story, because I definitely want our listeners to be surprised as well as I want to be surprised, but um, the... The series follows two stories from what I've taken from it. Um, There's the detective that's looking into the case, and then there's the main protagonist as I took it, which is the girl who's starting to experience these supernatural events going on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the the she in She Sees Beyond is the main character. Her name's Leanne Clark. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the the series, her father is a horror novelist uh, named, named Sam Clark, which is, which my BA is in philosophy and there's a moral philosopher named Samuel Clark. So that's where that came from. Awesome. And, and, uh, yeah, so her and her dad are at one of his book signings and on the way home, the power's out and a car hits them. And when he wakes, when she wakes up, he's gone. He's not in the car, not around the car or anything like that. And she starts being, being able to, yeah, developing these supernatural powers, kind of like, kind of like Carrie, kind of like Poltergeist, but, and then her and her boyfriend start trying to look for her dad around the town, which is, has descended into this kind of crime wave, so she's kind of looking for her dad while the detective's looking into the case, and they both meet the supernatural elements from two different perspectives, and I don't think it's giving too much away to say that their stories eventually cross. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's great, and it I think it sounds extremely developed. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, I like want to read it, or like, like you know, like I'd I'd oh, read yeah. a book about that. Yeah, like I'd sit there and just read it straight through. It's, it just sounds so interesting, and that's Thank sincere. You. Like that, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat, like, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we brought it up a little bit before, but you guys are crowdfunding through Indiegogo yeah. to make the project happen. What are your goals with that? Like, yeah, if it meets uh, if it meets the goal, or if it doesn't meet the goal, are we still going to get the series in one way or another? Is I yes. guess okay. Yeah the uh, the cast the cast and the crew is um is all on board, and we have we we have a tentative shooting date set for end of September, early October. So it's nice and autumn themed, you know. Yeah. And uh, so all all this money is coming in. This is just essentially bloating the budget now. It's um, we can make it on this kind of shoestring budget and the story will come through and we'll we'll have to cut a lot of corners, obviously, and stuff like that. But any extra money that comes in is just going to the effects and going towards compensating the casting crew uh, equitably. Awesome. That's uh, that's that was my uh, my main question because I do want to see it happen in one way or another. But I do yeah. understand that filmmaking or any type of project it does take funds to yeah to, to put together. Yeah, but um, and so um, the the amount the amount on the Indiegogo page it's what what's called flexible a flexible fund on the Indiegogo page, which means that any money that is um, contributed to the campaign 
we will keep even if we don't meet our overall goal. Okay. And yeah, be, and the reason and we did that. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and the reason we did that is because any money that goes towards it, we have a budget in place as such that we don't need X amount in order to make it. We're going to make it. This is just helping making it make it better. And uh, for any of our listeners who would be interested in looking more into the project or possibly, you know, contributing to see the project happen, you can follow Yeah. you guys. Where, uh, where can they find you guys at? I guess, I guess there's uh, two main places that you can follow us. The first is if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at SSB film. That's like she sees beyond SSB film. And also, you can go follow our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash ssbfilm. And on the Facebook page, you'll have a link to the Indiegogo page, and you'll also have a link to our IMDb page. Awesome. And we'll be sure to share it on our pages as well so that uh, everybody's able to find it and Very cool. go from there. All right. Did you have any questions here? I, I just want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more questions, but I can, I'm very uh, interested. <laughs> well, I'll actually share a little bit more about the kind of overall tone of the picture and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Growing up, my, my father was actually part – I live in Vancouver, B.C., and uh, in Canada. So my father was part of a UFO organization called UFO B.C. That is so cool. Yeah, when I was four and five years old, um, there'd be like a group of like – six or seven grown men in my living room sipping coffee and discussing like the most recent UFO sightings and stuff like that and compiling it into a, you know, into a magazine. So your dad that, is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that rubbed up. So that rubbed off on me. And, um, yeah, so there's, while it's not necessarily an alien thing, there is the kind of whole supernatural element into it. The men in black are in the series. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> interdimensional there's interdimensional affairs in the series and because 80s horror movies span such a spectrum i really wanted to incorporate as much of them as i could so it starts off as purely a straight up kind of horror movie and a mystery like who's killing these people what's going on and then it slowly turns into a poltergeist haunted house story and it ends as a slasher film and at the very end it turns into an interdimensional kind of uh, kind of like a never-ending story world slash uh, poltergeist world kind of. Just spoke to thing. my childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so I wanted to incorporate as many kinds of uh, themes as I could, so it goes through all of those as this as the story progresses. That sounds awesome! I cannot wait to see how you connect all that and make it flow. I'm so excited. Yeah, that is cool that you're you are paying homage to so much. Pretty much every staple in yeah. 80s horror yeah well at, well at the same time one of the main things about it is that you can't you can't just be stuck in the past you know mm-hmm. right yeah so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of satire in it too but yeah i hope it makes people think because i yeah, I mean it writing it made me think a lot about the nature of nostalgia and everything like that so yeah and i mean from what you've explained to us as far as uh the cast and the tone and everything and as far as the story like it's an interesting story it seems well developed and it seems like you have all the components there so we're excited to 
to uh, see more as it progresses on. And no, I'm more than excited. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like dying right now. <laughs> so if you, yeah, if you follow the Facebook page, um, it's not j- or if you even follow the Indiegogo campaign, then you'll be getting those updates. We're going to be doing production journals and updates during the entire making of process. So you'll be you'll be hooked in. Okay, and awesome. I know you guys haven't. Uh, I know you guys haven't started filming yet, but do you guys have like a projected time to where you would like to kind of have it released, or are you just gonna kind of get it started and see where it goes from there? Yeah, um, I, I'd hope to have it released next year. Okay. Yeah, that's that's as projected as I can get right now. Okay. Yeah. I'll be counting down the days. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for our Artist Spotlight episode. We want to give a huge thanks to Jesse Oliver from She Sees Beyond for taking the time to talk to us about the project. We're really excited about it, and we hope you guys are as well. Be sure to go check out their Instagram, Facebook, and Indiegogo campaign to see how you can help make this project happen. And thank you again for listening. Have a good night.